hold of a creature that was six and a half to seven feet tall. The CIA ran secret mind control experiments. It's a tale of a creature that's been seen by many, but believed by few. Experts say there have been reported sightings of paranormal activity. And there was this creature and it ran down this hill. They say something was flying over their house and they have no idea what it was. How the world's most powerful individuals are actually shape-shifting reptilians. My scariest ghost hunting experience. two things to say as we begin to open up this program here on a Thursday night. By the way, welcome to Paranormal IRL. We're really, really grateful you've all uh, opted to come in and join us on it as the chat rooms fill up and people join the program. We are a few minutes late. Britt, do you want to explain why we might uh, be a few minutes late today? You want to you offer some explanation for that? I bet <laughs> if we let chat... Is my audio high enough now, by the way? Or am I loud enough? Yeah, I think but you are. I, I think, think you are. It's not okay. nearly as full-bodied as it was chat, five minutes ago, but it is okay. Yeah, I, I don't know what happened there, but I think if we let chat guess, they would get it in three notes. <laughs> three notes. They would figure out what happened right before the show went live. Yeah, I think I think you're probably right about that, but the bigger question is why are you doing this like who, who Kilroy was here thing? You know the Kilroy was here where the guy's just looking over the wall thing, just kind of peeking up. You just see his forehead and his eyes. And like Kilroy was here. Why are you doing that? I, 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 I don't know. I was all set. And as soon as you said, okay, we're down to one minute, I, I make one little change. Everything goes freaking haywire. Haywire. Yeah. And I, I, I need to learn to just leave stuff be and not touch stuff. But that's not in my nature. I like to tinker and I like to poke and I like to – well, you know, we, we, we you know, we know that you did a, a, a relocation of the secret cave that you broadcast from. We yes. know that that happened. My question is, what happened to the perfect setup that we had in the other cave? Why didn't that you just pick that setup and not change anything and just move it to the new cave? Uh, you could have done it in secret under cover of darkness, whatever you needed to do, but just leave all the settings the same. That would have been really, really, really nice at this point. I think what – remember when you told me McAfee was the worst software you could install on your computer? I do remember saying that. Yeah, I do remember saying that. And you said delete delete it from everything. I do remember I saying that. I think that was the beginning of my demise. And I probably <laughs> deleted some stuff I shouldn't have deleted. Oh, boy. Trying to get rid of McAfee. And here we are trying to rebuild the six million dollar man. Let me just Which, with inflation would probably yeah. be about eighteen billion dollars today. Yeah, I think you're right about that that factor. Uh, however, let me just give you a little another word of advice here: is that when it comes to computers and deleting things, do it with your eyes open. When you start hitting the delete button. W- do it with your eyes open. Make sure that you're looking at the things that are going to be deleted as you hit that button. It's it's a little bit of advice. I made, look. Look, I made sure that it at least said MAC before I deleted the line. (laughs) You got that far. I figured it was close enough. Well, you know. And then I just delete. Given given the fact that we know that words are your second language, I can't expect much more than that. Three three letters in is really all I can expect. Yeah, I'm done. After three letters, you know, 
God knows what's going to happen. But here we are. But at least I'm, I'm kind of here. I'm just a little hollow, a little thin. So therefore, yeah, again, is, once again, you're the professional, sounding all professional. Yeah. And I'm the amateur. Yeah, there's nothing thin about either of us. That's part of the problem when you get to our age. That is it's, true. There's not much Let me thin tell about you, either of us. The, hey, it's JV here. You know I've asked for your support in the past, and I'm going to do it again because it's really, really important. And there are a couple of ways you can support the show, and it's so inexpensive. Now, you can go to Patreon, and you can become a Patreon supporter. And we really, really encourage that. But there's also another way. If you look at the description of the podcast, if you're a podcast listener, and you scroll down to the bottom, there's a way to support the show directly through the podcast app. And it's only 99 cents a month. It's less than a buck. You probably have that change in your couch right now. That dollar a month, less than a dollar, goes a long way in helping us produce this program, provide great interviews for you during the course of the week. I thank you in advance because the support is so important to the program. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let me tell you, I bought I Well, technically my girlfriend bought a Traeger barbecue, yeah. pellet-fed machine. Mm-hmm. I have barbecued more times in the last two weeks than I think I have in the last five years. Oh, nice. It cooks food so amazingly and so easily. And yeah, I, 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 I definitely have a problem with eating. Well, after uh, we have a tremendous conversation with our guest tonight, I want to revisit that conversation because you had told me about this particular grill, and I've got some questions. Mm-hmm. So just remind me at the end oh, of the boy. show that we have to talk about that for a little bit. We are we are in for a, a treat tonight. I have to tell you this. Uh, our guest tonight has so much experience, so much knowledge, is very, very accomplished, uh, and we're going to be talking about all sorts of really fantastic and interesting things. Our guest is Reverend. Reverend Amira Hall, and she blends uh, sacred with spirituality. She's been on a four-decade journey of exploring secrets to manifesting and healing. She's a gifted clairvoyant, a spirit medium. She's a channeler and a quantum healing pioneer. Her own spiritual awakening, awakening was triggered after her father's death, death, a divorce, and a life threatening autoimmune disease all within get this bread a 6 month period it was further amplified with a near, yeah it was further amplified with a near death experience while traveling in egypt when her uh, gifts of psychic vision channeling and mediumship opened up she has reputation for being a world class psychic as you can already tell a mystic a mentor with the honor of working with international clients uh very very many important people we'll let her tell you about that but we're excited to have amira with us and i hope I'm I'm pronouncing her name correctly. It's such a beautiful name, uh, but it's not one I've ever had to pronounce before. Is it Amira? Am I doing that right? You said it right. Yeah, right. it rhymes Phew. with a miracle. Yeah, well, it, it, it's, uh, a it's, a miracle. Be- it's a beautiful name. And it is a bit of a miracle that you're here with us tonight because you you came into the to, you know, connect test stuff and you were giving Brit instructions as to how to fix his stuff. Uh, sadly, we didn't have enough time <laughs> yes. to get all the way through it, but, <laughs> but your input was very much welcome. So welcome to the program. Great to have you here. 
Thanks, guys. I've been listening to your shows and I enjoy all of your programs. And it's interesting because I wanted to chime into even some of your political ones and give you some insights and background. I, I, I held myself back. I held back. Well, thank you for that for those kind words. It's really a treat to hear them. Um, and it's an honor to have you here. I, you know, I don't even know where to start because in the list of things that you do, you you uh, your sensitivities, it's it's a complete list. If I had to say a list was complete, this is one. Uh, but tell us how it got started, because in the intro here, I talked about some trauma in your life. In a very condensed period of time, a number of things happened, and that seemed to be the start of this for you. But tell us what happened. You know, yeah, that, that was, I think, the starting point. But I have to say, you know, I've always been very sensitive my entire life. And I was seeing and hearing things and talking to dead relatives before I knew I was. It, it was one of those things. But I think, and this is what I see with a lot of clients is, is that people are ridiculed for expressing their own spiritual insights or our knowingness, I call it, or connections to the other side. So we start to shut it down. And so I think my journey, especially after going through divorce with my dad dying and with all the stress of that, my whole immune system started to shut down. And the doctors at the time, that was back in 1991, so it was a super long time ago. Um, Amir, don't say, that was, don't, say, don't say that was a super long time ago. In my head, it was just it like was a couple years ago. Just a couple. It seems like yesterday. I know, but oh God, I feel like I've lived three lifetimes since then. You I know. know. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, my world crumbled. Plus, I would had only been in the U.S. for about three years. And this is something else that I've started to recognize and gloss over, you know, with so many people from other countries. I was born and raised in Canada, but, you know, I didn't realize Sorry. that that <laughs> <laughs> I'm recovering. <laughs> that, and uh, you know, recovering Catholic. Yeah. So I had my <laughs> demons, you know? Yeah. Yes. But the point, the, 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 the challenge is, was traumatic just adjusting to a new country then going through a divorce and dad dying and all of that that there was an accumulation of all of this pressure and belief systems that were crumbling fear uncertainty and the immune system just couldn't take anymore back in 1998 uh, 91 the doctors sort of lumped everything together and i think they still do with you know autoimmune uh, chronic fatigue. So that was the journey of beginning to get in touch with organic. I used to have to drive like 10 miles to get some organic vegetables. I'd order it from the farm. This was before it was cool. Yeah, I'd started detoxing right. way back then, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. People thought I was absolutely out of my mind. They thought I was the weird one. I mean, I've been the weird one my whole life, I guess. But <laughs> So I feel right at home here. <laughs> yeah, you're fitting in perfectly. Yep. By the way, I'm going to say this ahead of time. Thank you for tolerating and appreciating our humor. 
because one of the things when when uh, because Beyond Reality has been around for a while, I've, I hosted that show for six years. But when Britt and I decided to team up and and kind of rebrand, we wanted to have fun with it. We, you know, um, you can only do so many stiff interviews. At a point, you got to be able to laugh a little bit too. So thank you in advance for appreciating that and having fun with us as we talk about this. But I want to go back to the point where you said you even you know you always knew throughout your entire life you knew you had these sensitivities, um, but maybe you didn't. Um, embrace them earlier uh, in your life and it was these experiences that made you embrace them talk a little bit about what happens to children though who have these sensitivities they go to school and their teacher says oh don't talk to your imaginary friend or or mom and dad say oh no 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 don't that stop using stop doing that stop thinking that stop that's not real ghosts aren't real this isn't real you know and they get basically educated out of it i mean that's a real phenomenon don't you think i call it deprogrammed or programmed because they're basically saying that what you're seeing isn't real, even though it's probably more real than what our parents or teachers are seeing. So yeah, you know, I've, I, I remember this one friend of mine telling me, she goes, oh my, she adopted this little girl. She had her in the car seat in the back seat of the car. She was driving down the road and her two-year-old says, Oh, mom, I remember when I was your mom. And she just like, oh, you know, pull the car yeah. over. What did you just say? <laughs> she goes, yes, I was on the porch and rocking my chair. And I was your mother. And you didn't like me to brush your hair or something like that. And it was phenomenal. The stories this little two-year-old would come out with. So to me, that was phenomenal. And it really points to evidence of life before this life. Have you done a lot of work with past life stuff? I mean, you know, we hear stories like this every once in a while, and I, I forgive me for not being able to recall the name of the study, but we know there's a famous study that looked at uh, a lot of uh, children with these types of stories and then traced it back historically to see if they could uh, substantiate or verify uh, these stories. And they could, they, in many cases, they actually could. These were things that kids had no business knowing but yet we're talking about, and it turns out, you know, the only way you could make the connection is somehow they had a connection to that past life. Have you done a lot of work with right. that? You know, I had my own personal uh, past life regressions before I got into um, ministerial training and also uh, before I started being more curious with Egypt and I've had other experiences. I had an experience in the jungle with a shaman that where I started to understand that I came from the stars and I stopped there. I didn't need to know. I, I just had such a strong knowingness in within me. I didn't need to go down the rabbit hole to know all the nitty gritty details. And I, I have worked with certain clients when, so the way I look at past life information, not so much of knowing if you were Cleopatra or John, you know, uh, any famous person, a good guy or a bad guy, the point is, how is that past life serving you today? Or is it a pattern wow. of energy that's been recurring, that's keeping you stuck and attached to that past life in some way, shape or form? So my work entails disconnecting it, letting that record or that file be filed away so it's not bleeding into this lifetime. 
Yeah, well, I, I'm I'm pretty sure my past life was James Dean, which is why I have these great looks. Um, but <laughs> and sound, <laughs> yeah, right. This up, no. But in all seriousness, talk a little bit about Egypt too, because there was a, you had a near death experience in Egypt, which really opened this up for you. Yeah, it was, you know, for a lot of years, I didn't want to really talk about it, like a lot of people that had had near-death experiences. Um, mine wasn't really, well, let's just say, I I went on a journey, it was a spiritual pilgrimage, um, I had an amazing two-week journey through Egypt, and have you ever been to Egypt? I have not. It is on my list. Okay. I am going to get okay. there. I've been to Europe about a, a dozen times. I have never okay. made it to Egypt. Okay. Just so you know, I'm planning a trip in October. Oh, wow. So you can Ooh. come. Oh, that would and be it awesome. it is a sacred spiritual trip. Mm -hmm. And it's, and I'm going to just say at this moment, it's very significant because there's a lunar eclipse in Scorpio and we are as a Taurus. Oh, oh, I just blew it. Um, we will be in the Great Pyramid with a private ceremony on that eclipse. Oh, wow. Night. Wow. So it'll be very, very wow. powerful. So, yeah, I had an amazing trip. I mean, going through Egypt is, is such a shift in reality. When you start to see granite statues smile at you or wave your hand, and you're like, did I just see that? And, and, and other people go, yeah. I just saw that too. And it's like words don't work all of a sudden. They just like. <laughs> well, that's Brit, that's Brit all the time. That's Brit all the time though. So I don't know if he's got pyramids in his words backyard. Words are my second language. <laughs> but that's him all the time. <laughs> well, I'm telling you what, your sense of reality starts to shift when you start. Like I remember one time meditating in the great, in one of the temples, I think it was Abydos. And I started hearing this celestial angels. And so I would go to, I went to the temple guard and I said, excuse me. And I'm looking around for the speakers, right? And they've got walls that are three feet thick in the temples. Yeah. I'm looking for cables <laughs> to speakers or something. I was like completely lost at Brit. You and I'd get along great. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like, I didn't yes. know what, which end was up. And honestly, it's the energies there. It, not picking on you, Brett, but Brit. No, it's all right. It's all right. I call him Brett all the time. Uh, I call him a lot of, hey, many things that just, are worse than that, too. There's a lot of things yeah, that rhyme just, with Brett. Just, just use your imagination. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you what know, happened? Just, just don't ever call me late for dinner. You know, I, I'll never well, miss now a Now you got your, your special barbecue and you're just That's right. never yes. late. That's right. I'm ready. <laughs> There's nope. always a meal cooking. Anyway, so so you're, you're having these experiences. Yeah so, yeah, so this was, yeah, it was off the charts. We did a lot of meditation. We were tuning into alternate dimensions. We did a lot of ceremony. So I had done a, a detox, a 30-day detox before I went to Egypt, okay? So my body was super light or re, re, uh, receptive, let's, let's say. Um, I met a friend. I went and stayed at the end of the trip. I extended my stay for an extra week. And I was a jewelry designer at the time, and I wanted these beads called antiquities and that I could incorporate in my jewelry. Mm -hmm. So I was asking around in these small little villages that were perched up against the back of the Valley of the Kings. So all these little houses or huts that were like stacked on top of each other along the side of the mountain. 
and they were digging in the back wall of their house and they were dig all night long trying to find tombs. Well, I figured if they were doing that, they could have probably found some beads along the way. Sure. Right? So I found somebody, luckily, and I went to pay for them. Well, I went to pick them up and they wanted 300 bucks and I needed more cash and I was leaving that day. So I went back and had the cash buying my beads. Well, when in Egypt, you don't just have a cup of, you know, here's the cash and run. It's, it's a social event. Okay. You chat, you have a Coca-Cola, a cup of tea, something, you know, and you talk about your uncle and your aunt and this and that, and it's just small talk. So I go in there and they wanted to really honor me because I was friends with their dear friend. They brought out a joint. Okay, and this is the part that I always like hesitate because that's not part of Amira. That's not my my shtick. Right, and right. So I had I had tried pot a couple times, and I'm thinking, mm, not really my thing. Yeah. But this Muhammad, he starts screaming. He's shouting at the top of his Arabic <laughs> lungs, yeah. and he's. And he's very vocal and he's shaking his arms and he's really like scaring me. He says, this is the best. This is the best. They brought out a joint. And all of a sudden there's like 10 or 12 guys that just showed up in this little factory office. Wait, right? Were you alone? Or did you have, was it, did you I have was the room? only one. Yes. Oh, okay. I wasn't with my group. They had left okay. a week before. Yeah. So I was with all these guys. I was the only female. I was the only American. Mm -hmm. I was sitting on the only chair, which was a little plastic kitty stool. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it was very rustic. We're in the, on the West bank of Luxor, which is a very primitive, small little village. Yeah. So they bring out this joint and I'm like, no, thank you. I'm thinking I'm being polite and nice and respectful. And meanwhile, he's shouting even louder. <laughs> so I'm like, oh my God, I've insulted the guy. I'm getting scared. Yeah. I don't know how this is going to escalate. So I thought, well, you know, I've smoked a couple of times. It didn't really do anything for me. I'll just acquiesce. I'll be polite and gracious and move on. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So away they go. They pass the joint around and it comes to me. Yes, I inhaled. It goes and keeps going around twice. <laughs> Twice. The, you know, twice. <laughs> Next thing you know, everybody bounces up and they're ready to walk out of the room. And I can't get out of this chair mm. or stool. And I'm like paralyzed. And I see myself standing behind myself. And I'm like, uh oh. This is not right. And I see everybody that's in the room. It was like I was at okay, this is going to date me here. I was at Circuit City with like 15 different televisions all playing something different. It was like <laughs> I could see their life review. I could see their movie. Uh, Circuit their life City. Movie. <laughs> well, fries, come on. What were some of the other big yeah, ones? Amira, <laughs> you've, you've... Well, Fries just died. Amira, the reference is we're, we're completely in tune with you here because we all remember Circuit <laughs> yeah. City too. So you got yeah, no Circuit problems City, here. Yep. <laughs> I remember one of the oh shows God. I was on, but so, uh, some kid responded, Circuit City, that's been gone for ages. It's been a while, but like I said, 1991 yeah. was just a couple of years ago. So yeah. uh, it's just all, a couple of years ago. It's all fine. So, Especially when you're smoking the doobie in a cave in Egypt or in a pyramid in Egypt. It wasn't, 
it was it was considered a factory, the office. Okay, mm. it wasn't the case. Oh, okay. So you're seeing this? Yeah, you're seeing so, this. So it, it's, it's as though there are 20 televisions and all these life reviews going on. Yeah, yeah, and. I just want to stay in my body because I got a flight to catch. Yeah, right. It's important. Okay? Yeah. I'm like, I've like done my business and I need to get going. But so there I am standing behind my body and I'm thinking, this is, this is not the way this is supposed to be. And I don't remember saying anything, but I put my hands out in front of me. I do remember that. I must have said something because my friend started walking towards me and he had a bottle of water and it was all a bit fuzzy and and sort of murky. And I remember thinking, I just if I could just splash some water on my face, if I could just keep myself here, I wanna stay here. Got to me and I remember getting to my face right about here and thinking, oh shit, my mascara is gonna run. <laughs> That was the last <laughs> <part>. <laughs> it was like, okay, how vain. It barely dies with you, you know. So then I passed out. And I don't remember anything for quite a while. They uh, claim that they pounded the shit out of my chest. Just, you know, pound, pound, pound. Did they, my breathing did, stopped. I was going to say, did they indicate that maybe you didn't have a pulse or something? Is that why they were doing that? They said my breathing stopped and my heart stopped. Oh, wow. And so I stiffened. I was on the floor. Um, they dragged me out from under the arms, loaded me in the front of a pickup truck. So that's the taxis in this little village, okay? Mm -hmm. It's a pickup truck with benches on the back of the in the um, yeah. bed and and so they put me in the passenger seat of the truck my friend was in the middle and then there was the driver and so they have my head out the window trying to get oxygen right driving down the road <laughs> and so it, it was all very primitive so what i remember next is coming through the galaxy i swear to god it was dark dark place filled with stars kind of like your the background of your show here and i felt like i was a comet or a streak of light shooting through the stars until i saw this ball that looked like earth and i was shooting towards earth and it kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger and i'm like oh my gosh that's a huge place how am i going to find myself and so it took forever it seemed like I got closer and closer. And then I heard this language that I didn't know. And I don't know where I am. I, I, how am I going to find myself? Then I remembered, ah, Egypt. It's Arabic. So that's kind of the GPS of how I found my body. And then it felt like it took... Have you guys ever gone scuba diving? No. Yes. Have you ever put wet clothes on, gone swimming and taken off your clothes yes. or mm -hmm. so that it, it sucks, right? It's, yeah. it's really hard. It takes a really, that's the best analogy I can give to trying to get back into my body. Oh, wow. And it took a long time. It was really uncomfortable. It was very dense and thick and gooey. So as I struggled to get into the body, I remember my eyes, the light was so bright. I couldn't open my eyes. So I was starting to come back into the body and I could just hear all this noise. I could feel my sense in the, in the pickup truck. I, I, I 
sort of reached my hand over to my friend and tried to touch his lap like what what's going on where are you where are you taking me he started shouting in arabic he forgot he they were so stressed out they didn't know what was going on and they were speaking to me in arabic and i'm like i don't what's he saying you know and then he started speaking english like oh i forgot like you don't speak english right. or arabic yeah so i remember thinking Oh man, I need a bathroom. Where are you where are you guys taking me? And they said, Well, to the hospital, and they're screaming and shouting. They're so excited. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, a hospital? That'll that'll kill me. <laughs> I'm like, I need a bathroom. <laughs> I need to check my bizarre. mascara, damn it. <laughs> no, it was not about the mascara at that point. I was just thinking about <laughs> the other end, you know. But no, my bowels were ready to burst, oh, and wow. it was like, oh boy, uh, yeah. It it was, it was, yeah. So they they then there was a whole discussion because we're in the primitive village in 1998. There aren't no proper bathrooms. Right. They have holes in the ground, yep. and there's these little same thing in Europe. Spots. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Same thing in Italy. So then that became, I didn't realize the dynamics of this because I hadn't even seen one of those bathrooms. Okay. Cause when we were staying, we we're five star and staying in very luxurious places. So then they found a place. It was his brother's place met miraculously. It, he had renovated it and it's a European bathroom and on and on. So he takes me there and I wouldn't let him leave me because I was just, I was, I felt so fragile. First of all, I couldn't walk. They had to carry me up three flights of stairs. How much time, so I, how I much had, time has passed in this? At the, at I, this I, I would think, I would think maximum 10 minutes. Okay. So it was all compact into, in, Jeez, that I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, by the time I left the body and collapsed, and then they were trying to get, you know, resurrect me yeah. and, and drag me out, hailed a, the cab and um, driving down the road, it was only minutes, maybe five minutes to his brother's flat. So, you know, five, 10, 15 max. So... You know, it felt like forever for me. Let me ask you this, and I, I hate to interrupt, but I just don't want to get too far from the beginning of this story. Uh, yeah, I have a couple questions, too. In in retrospect, as you look back on it, or maybe you maybe you determine this right away, but certainly at, from this vantage point, was this a was this a was this a, a result of a spiritual awakening due to the marijuana? Or was that incidental to this whole thing? And it was because of the experiences you'd been having in Egypt up until that point. That's an excellent question. And I still grapple with that. And I don't think I'll ever know completely. I thought I had a heart defect. Oh, I mean, that's yeah. how dense I was in the moment. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I had, I had detox for 30 days on a very robust, I mean, with seven days complete juices before I left couple of weeks before I left. Then I had this uber off the charts, you know, interdimensional experience in Egypt, going through the sacred temples, the processes, the rituals, the prayers, the meditation. And then I'm not accustomed to pot. And yeah. of course they said it was the best, right. maybe Egyptian. Super strong, yeah. <laughs> 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 I, I being super sensitive, you know, in a lot of different ways, and it just tripped, 
pardon the pun, tripped me out. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I left my body. But I also felt like when I came back to the US, I had complete uh, check. And the doctor said, you know what, you've got some amino acids are low. It could be that. But he said to me, it could be dehydration. He said, there's so oh, yeah. many deaths that are contributed to or attributed to uh, dehydration. So this away, okay. so you have this near-death experience and, and it heightens all of your sensitivities. And at that point, did you decide at that point that you wanted to start helping people with these gifts, with these sensitivities that you had? Was it there where you decided, okay, I, I need to I need to reach out to others who who maybe need some guidance and some help? Or oh, did that come later? That would have been a that would have been real nice. <laughs> that would have saved me a lot of time <laughs> if I could have had that. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> yeah, no, oh I wish you would have been there. You know, you could have helped me out yeah. back then. <laughs> I started seeing things that weren't there when I was resting in the bed before I could walk. Oh. So I was looking at the armoire and that's when Sekhmet started coming to me. Sekhmet just so happens I got her statue right Oh, wow. Here. Yeah. Oh, neat. Let's see. Oh, no, wow. She, how do I, this is, re, the camera's reverse. Sekhmet is the goddess of war and destruction. She's also known as the patron saint, the healer's healer. Sorry, I took that off too soon, I guess. It's okay. Um, yeah, she was known as the healer's healer, but I didn't even remember one deity from the next. Yeah. Because the, the first trip, when you're first there, it's just such a mind-blowing experience. So she started appearing in the armoire, the wood grain of the armoire. Wow. And I'm like, okay, I'm seeing things here. I'm going to look outside because there was little draperies with um, the wind blowing through this window. And there was the green Nile Valley outside my bedroom window there where I was resting. So I'm like, that's real. I'm going to keep looking outside to that. Looking over at the did armoire. It, did it no, frighten you? Real. Did those visions frighten you oh. at the time? Oh, yeah. I, I was like, I can't be seeing that. That, you know, it's like with little kids, like back to our earlier conversation yeah. when they're seeing things. Right. And somebody else says, no, that's not there. But now I'm a grown up and I'm looking at this wood grain and I'm seeing this cat, cat head and a female body going, yeah. whoa. <laughs> yeah. But this consisted, this persisted and, and, and it continued not completely with Sekhmet, but things were coming and going. I had to get a flight that day from Luxor to Cairo and then Cairo to New York to JFK. JFK to Atlanta, Atlanta, San Diego. Oh, man. <laughs> so yeah, I had like to, a 24 hour flight. Yeah, pretty much. By the time I got to JFK, which is at least. You know, you got an eight-hour flight and all the waiting and the transports and all that. It's almost 15 hours. I was I got off the jetway and everybody in the airport looked like a black and white paper doll. Wow. And I was horrified. Mm -hmm. And I was stuck in this despair and anger and grief for probably nine months. Wow. Maybe a year. I didn't see the black and white paper dolls after I got to Atlanta. My perception changed again. So there was no way. I mean, people always comment, oh, yeah, that was some good shit you had, Amira. 
<laughs> no, it wasn't yeah. the pot after that amount of time, right? And so say what you will. I think that's why I didn't want to talk about it for so long because I discounted the fact that these situations were real, that, you know, I was really just a dumbass, you know, for doing something like weird in Egypt. But it was, I, I questioned everything about myself and my sanity. I was very different and I fired my friends. I fired my family. I soon got fired and um, everything just shifted. I, 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 so I struggled for about that nine months trying to find out what happened to me. Because back in 98, that was, we barely had the internet, right? That's right, right yeah. There wasn't a lot of research that you could find out, like, these types of experiences. No, but nobody was really talking about it. Yeah, it appears like Britt barely and, has the internet right now, in fact. Oh, there he is. <laughs> He's leaving his body. Just, <laughs> he uh, yeah, there. the spirits are, the spirits yeah, are. Yeah, second. Uh, you know, I mean, I, hold on, I'm going to, Britt, you, uh, take, take it after I ask this question. Um do you think, again, looking in retrospect, or maybe you, again, figured this out pretty uh, contemporary to the events, uh, but was there an attachment going on? Did you bring something with you that was was making things uh, appear the way they were and making you uh, your, your emotional state what it was, your mental state what it was? Or was this more of a the process of the soul searching that you were doing? That's a great question, uh, JV, because I think that's like, for me, I was really stuck in a zone of anger and grief and despair. And, and one of my first thoughts when I got to the U.S. was, I don't want to be here. This place is filled with anger and rage. And quite honestly, with the events and you could that see that in people. Week, you could see that in people. Yes. Like and and I felt it was like a vibe. Yeah. It was like I flew into this low grade frequency, and I got stuck there. Now, did I carry that with me? I feel like it was a dimension that I didn't completely keep the information that I had and grasped on the other side. I was sort of, yes, carrying it with me. You, you know, there's a lot of words that we could use to describe it. Yeah. But honestly, I think that's the majority of the population mm. on the planet. And I, mm. I really feel with the events that happened this week that are triggering people and anger and grief, they're trying to punch their way out of living this less than sacred life and recognizing how sacred this is, this experience being a human. And so this reminding me of how, how much our senses are dulled to, to, the real, to the reality of who we are as spiritual beings. Yeah, Britt, before, so it took me a while. Go ahead. And Britt, before you uh, ask your questions here, I just want to thank um, One Foot... N5D, I, I don't know, I'm probably not pronouncing that all correctly, and also Arts Bridge for the contributions in our chat rooms. Thank you so much for that. It's very, very much appreciated, and uh, welcome to the show, everybody. So uh, we, we want you to know we appreciate that. Go ahead, Britt. Yeah, there was also, uh, uh, wow, if, if. Oh, yes, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I did it. I find it. I find it. Yep, I find it. I find it. I find it. See, words are my second language. Uh, I find it also donated cookie. We thank you guys so much for the support because this stuff costs money to run, and it really helps us out a lot. We really appreciate it. So thank you for that from the bottom of my heart or the top of my heart. Well, all of my heart. Just thank you. How about that? <laughs> all right. Um, I want to – I, I want to. okay, so I want to – since you have me watch the show, you know I'm manic. 
Um, so your buddy gives you this shit and says, hey, just hit it. It's good. You're so probably a little did. dehydrated. Yeah. Yeah, they all hit it. So you hit some good stuff, good shit, um, the hippie leaf. You're probably dehydrated. You're excited to be there. Um, you're having this, 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 this ability to connect kind of all happening at once. The area is just loaded spiritually. Mm -hmm. spi wow. Spiritually. Spiritually. I, I got the all transmission. All of that. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. You speak. Oh, you speak Britterish. Perfect. Um, <laughs> um, so all of that stuff kind of had to happen at all at once for you to have this breakthrough and get, get slingshotted out into the universe and experience all this stuff. And then it brought you back like a rocket to Earth. But you then had to self-navigate. Do I have that? Is that kind of what happened? Yeah, I think... So, th this isn't the typical experience, but I think the bottom line aspect to awakening to all of who I am... I, I struggled for a long time to, first of all, find out what happened to me. And, you know, I wanted to write about the experience. I found myself at the Book Expo of America in Los Angeles, and I was schlepping all these free giant books that they, everybody was giving at their booths. And I was laden like right. a, I was like a Sherpa, and I, my back was killing me. I found this Chinese massage place, a legitimate one, boys. Okay. And this Chinese man. Our minds didn't go there. Our minds yeah, didn't yeah. go there. <laughs> <laughs> Mine did. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> well, you know, we got to bring some excitement to this, okay? Well, fair it's enough. Right. Fair enough. Hey, women so are allowed to have dreams. happy endings. Okay, well, this was not, mind blowing. Not that. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't one of those blowing. <laughs> Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna start hitting mute buttons. I'm gonna start hitting mute buttons. <laughs> Keep it clean. Oh my, poor JV. Okay, no, poor JV. Okay, so I've got this guy starts walking on my back, and literally transported me back to my near death experience of where I Jesus. went and what happened. And it was like, wait, I'm at the book expo. I want to write about this. But there was like a download that just went into my field. And all of a sudden, I saw myself where I left my body and what happened to me where they told me that I was going to have a tour of the all, but I couldn't stay. Then I was teleported like in this, it was almost like on the wings of a bird with my guide with me into this space. It was a building. It was a dimension of utter perfection that was beyond what we can imagine or perceive in a human form. And it was like a boardroom. And there were all, there were these persons, I'm careful with that. They looked like men, but they weren't men. And they were, I, now I understand it's like the council, because I always said, well, there's 12, yet I didn't go around and count the numbers. It was like they were sitting there greeting me, the tops of their heads opened up like a lid or a pot, and there was this glowing light at the top of their heads, and it just streamed energy 
of golden light into the top of my head. And they told me that whatever I wanted to know, I could have access to. Wow. And what did you and, ask? And, and, and there, there was no time or space to ask in that moment. It was just like, whenever I need to know, I have wow. access. Whatever it that is. It sounds like Alice in Wonderland along. type. Create, you know, coolness and just <laughs> stuff going on and down a rabbit hole and glowing lights and here, download some information. That is but then cool. I, so what then is I was, it, What is it? What's the time difference from when Egypt happened to this? So that was probably about nine months. So I, I was, remember, I was stuck in that lock, in that locked zone of trying to figure out what happened. I went to about 10 psychics and asked them, you know, they would do cards of different healers and clairvoyants, and they all told me something different. I was desperate to find out what happened to me. I knew I was different. And I got so ticked off, I finally said, you know what, I guess I got to figure it out myself. So it wasn't exactly cut and dry. It wasn't a snap of a finger kind of discovery. Um, when I started to understand after that boardroom, you know, uh, council meeting that I had, I was teleported like a, a snap of the fingers out in front of this giant uh, corridor. And now I understand, oh, I think this was the Hall of Records. Because on either side of this corridor, there were a, a string of infinite doorways. And my guy told me that I could go into any doorway for whatever information I wanted, but I had to leave. I couldn't stay. So I went into the first door on my right, and that was a, a gold door. I stepped into it, and it was like merging into a massive kaleidoscope of patterns and colors that were beyond Earth. And I'm, I said, well, where am I? And they said, this is the fabric of all creation. And it Jesus. was warm. It was loving. It was, him, it was beyond. It was like being in the womb and, and experiencing oh. love that just never is, be, again, beyond words. You can't explain it. The warmth, the connection, the, the completeness. And they you, told me you that, think that this, this is all was love. This was love. This is the fabric of everything. Do you think this is the process that you were chosen with your gifts? You were chosen, and this was your your guides or whatever they are were shepherding you through the process of, you know, you have to have this experience in Egypt and kind of snap you to like what's going on, and then now they're kind of educating you and working you through it to where you can then accept your full potential. Yes. Or is it just haphazard it, as it, to how it, you bounce through this? No, I don't think so. It was just perhaps even my programming, my limited scope of understanding or comprehension at the time, readiness, willingness. Um, maybe I wasn't supposed to leave the body so quick like that, or, you know, I, I don't know. Um, but, you know, we get what's perfect for us, right? After I was in that experience of knowing and feeling this love and this infinite connection of everything, I was jolted out of that. It really felt rude. <laughs> it was really, <laughs> you know, mean. <laughs> I really felt like, you guys, come on now. You know, this isn't fair. And You give and me was, a taste and you kick me out. Yeah, it was just mean. <laughs> so oh, I was man. in the corridor again. And so I crossed the corridor and went into this pink door and I stepped into what felt like an emerald. 
It was this very opaque energy. It was extremely still. There was no patterns. And then I saw and had a review. But my review showed me a timeline of my life where all my emotions were stuck in what I call like a, a pattern. Um, it was an inter interdimensional aspect of me, how all my emotions through my life created my illness, created my struggles with relationships or emotions and all that. And that it was my emotions that were the key to healing myself and to manifesting whatever I wanted. That's okay. when I knew. So with that's when you knew. Okay. So knowing what you know now and kind of experiencing all this stuff and bouncing around and probably slipping the timeline and what do you think it's possible that these, whatever you want to call them, beings, entities, all knowing, is it possible that they kind of guided and helped the writing of the Bible to help kind of organize humanity from tearing itself apart and focusing us as, as humans to be better? Than what we were being before the whole Christian Judeo Christian revolution that happened that kind of took over the planet. Do you think that they kind of guided that or are they more hands off and just hit individual people and don't try and mass control everything on this planet? That's a great broad question. Deep thinker you are, Britt. What? For a guy that has <laughs> can speak yeah did i just have a, no, have a I, dimensional shift or something what just happened <laughs> deep thinker okay okay well uh, he's that's not the brit you know so i'm looking at him from a whole no. new perspective yes you right? are yes yeah. <laughs> stick so, around for a few more minutes <laughs> yeah eons yeah. come on brit um but, i do but i mean but bottom that, line is the, the, the bible was written by men basically transcribing stories that were 200 years old, you know, but someone had to guide them to find the scrolls or to write it down. Or is it possible these people that are guiding you were guiding them to try and help organize humanity? Guides, guys, the extraterrestrials, ascended masters, yeah, whatever they are. Um, I, you know, because I, the, all the work I do now and for the past 22 years has been about remembering who we are. We are incredible beings of light. And I know we come from right. another system, uh, you know, other, other dimensions. Yeah, we have to. And, yeah. and so we're at various levels of waking up to that. And all the work I have been doing and help people with is releasing those emotional blocks to assisting them in manifesting and healing themselves and whatever, you know, particulars have shown up for them in their life. You know, I had my own drama <laughs> yeah, yeah i like to do it big you know and um yeah. yeah so we all have our drama that we're here to clean up and to understand that that's not who we are yeah and okay that's the best um, part i know we're that's true okay so we're running out of time and i see that and jv's gonna take it back so real quick um is it possible so you you can you see guides you can talk to guides it's kind of is it possible that my guides are screwing with me every every time before the show and screwing my stuff up. Oh uh, yeah, are yeah. They, blame your guides, Brett. Blame your guides. Yeah. Well, they. Well, do they are are some of them? Maybe not all. Maybe some are super serious. But are there guys that are a little practical joke? Because I know if I was a guide, I'd be screwing with my person. Is it possible they're screwing with me just to? Do you like laughing? the garden? 
do you like, do the, like garden? the garden? Like like where we grow food or yeah. flowers or whatever? Yeah. Uh, I kill everything. I'm a black thumb. Okay, because there's something from the garden. And I, I see these like playful little entities that are, yeah, you could call them tricksters. Because hmm. let me tell you, you know, it's funny you mentioned garden because um, I have the survival book and I don't, it has like, it has all the things to live off grid. And I always wondered, do these things really work? And I'm literally going to build this like compact wall garden that's supposed to be able to fill a feed a family. Uh, if you set okay. it up right, I want to test it. Okay, right, so I right. am going to try and okay. do gardens. It's funny you mentioned gardens because I literally was just yeah, reading that I'm today before the garden. show. Well, your your guides oh. are wanting you to get more connected to the earth. And so whether things are screwed up for you in terms of technology, it has to do with you being grounded in a different way. And the way I'm seeing the energies coming in on the planet, we're all being challenged to reground ourselves in a new way. We're finding ourselves eating in different ways. I know, uh, JV, you mentioned some, uh, what was it, canolas with donuts? Oh, the cannoli what, donuts. What oh, my God, they are so good. <laughs> I, You know, there are very few things that I would, like, you know, kill for. And these cannoli donuts might be on that list. Oh, my gosh, they're so okay. good. But I've noticed this week I've had a sweet tooth way beyond what I normally have. And my willpower oh has just sort of gone out the window. This week has yeah. been intense. I've eaten so much cop. I've eaten so much ice cream, like two quarts, I think, now, this week. Yes, yes. So there's something happening that's affecting our ability to ground ourselves. So whether we're changing our eating habits or having to, you know, change course and not eat so much sugar, um, I think that might be some of your problem. <laughs> who, who are we talking? Brit's, mm. Brit's problem or my problem? Brit. Yeah, okay. Well, no, definitely not yours, JV. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the sugar. Although with my new okay, Traeger right. grill, okay. I am eating okay. a lot healthier. Okay. I'm eating a lot of vegetables. I got, we, we, well, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead and finish. Sugar oh, yeah. knocks us out of our body. Ooh. Sugar takes us out. And we like to avoid our pain. We like to escape. That is our it escape. It is an escape, right? isn't it? Like, yeah. Yeah. It knocks us oh, out of man. our body, our spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, since. Mm. Uh, it, Interesting. We are actually close to running out of time here. We have so much more to cover. Uh, we're obviously not going to get to it all. So I'm already going to uh, suggest that we're going to get you back here in a short period of time to continue our conversation. But I want to talk about healing a little bit. You, you've brought up, you know, kind of uh, some related topics, but let's get a little more detail. Um, I want to know what quantum healing is, and I want to know what multidimensional healing is. You do both. So I need to understand what they are, how they work, and what types of people can benefit from your work in those areas. Everybody. Because we're multidimensional beings of light. Are we talking about physical physical illnesses or are we talking I'm about... I'm talking about I've helped women get pregnant, okay? Not in a traditional way. <laughs> <laughs> Be careful. Brit's okay. here. Be so, okay. Brit's listening. And remember, <laughs> Be careful. So, you know, from people on their deathbed, practically, to um, people with, you know, aches and pains in the physical body, I see it as stuck energy. Now, sometimes it might be a parasitic effect. The woman that couldn't get pregnant naturally, she had issues and challenges from um, her mother dying and it was an actual royal princess. She wanted to marry, she was planning to marry one man and they told her she had to marry someone else. She literally shut off what I call the baby maker. 
And she literally shut off that creative flow, that natural, spiritual, energetic flow. So we do all kinds of things unknowingly, unconsciously through trauma, through our experiences, and shut off the body's natural healing abilities. Physical, mental, emotional, they're all tied together. So again, going back to those two uh, ideas that I, I mentioned here in the opening of this question, quantum healing, multidimensional healing, are those two specific approaches to this healing process it's more or less the same okay. in terms of quantum you know i use it using my clairvoyant abilities so it's not like you can see two points in your mind you know and it's like joining dots called following the dots and causing an effect you also um talk about helping people heal from their trauma how, how can people do that? What type of advice do you give them? And, and how can they work with you to do that? If they actually harbor this trauma with, you know, whether it's even from a past life, some people do that. Absolutely. So the first thing is I've created this very short guided meditation. It's using a, quant a quantum method that I talk about. It's called stress buster. And I think right now where we're at in our lives and the changes we're experiencing, the trauma, uh, whether it's not us personally, but we're feeling the effect of it around us in our world, is we have to start letting go of the energy and start getting using, I, I use cosmic and earth energies to flow and flush out these energies blocks. So people can go to my website, amirahall.com and get that, download that for free. And it's my gift, you know, I really want to see people starting to feel better and know that they're powerful creators. And I also want to talk about intuition a little bit. Um, this word intuition comes up and different people can can take it to mean different things. How do you mean it when you talk to it and how can people use it to better whatever circumstance they're in? I like to call it our inner GPS, you know, and as we refine it, like any skill, we've just not been taught how to use it appropriately and how to clear it off. Like when our computer starts messing up, what do we do? We reboot it. Yeah. Nobody's taught us. Like we've got software programs running. Some of us don't even know how to use some of them, right? But they're still there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not pointing to anyway. Um, yeah. So, so, so it's like learning these various functions of who we are and what we are. And if, if we're all clouded up with all these energetic viruses, the software doesn't have a chance, right? It already came loaded with the system when we were incarnated. So it's, we need to get to grow up, get savvy, understand we've got a system that needs to have some cleanup. And as we do that, all of our natural abilities come online and many abilities that will surprise the heck out of us. So I have my clairvoyance on, my clairaudience, the claircognizance, they're all operating at different times. So there becomes a dance, right? It's, it's just not one continual. It's, it's a fluid kind of interconnected. They all work together when we're flowing. I want to talk a little bit about your books. You've got several. Uh, Manifesting Miracles 101, Love Up Your Life, The Essential Guide to Spiritual mm. Awakening, a whole bunch of stuff. If someone was new to, to these ideas that we're talking about, which of your books would you recommend they start with? And uh, which one is your favorite? Which one are you most proud of? Gosh, um, 
I, I like Love Up Your Life because it's simple, easy, and fast to read. It teaches you the basic, simple tools that I start with in my trainings. And, you know, a lot of people just want love in their life, right? Everybody's asking me all the time about when's Mr. Wonderful or Miss Wonderful coming into their life. So I kind of use that as a trick or as a hook to get people interested in working with their energy, right? Because love is the core of who we are. And that is the beginning. We can't attract this Mr. Wonderful or Miss Wonderful into our life until we're aligned, until we shine and come online, so to speak. And so it, it is all about love. It is all about us loving ourselves. It is about releasing foreign aspects or energies that aren't us. And I would say 99% of the population don't know who they really are. You also offer training. Um, you mentioned a trip coming up too. So you're going to have to tell us about yeah. both of those things. What, what are these, what are the trainings that you offer? I offer a mentoring program. I have one that I call master and unblock energy. That would be a first step uh, for anybody that wants to get, get, things moving, you know, where it's a pretty robust, you know, I guide you through the process. Um, then from there, I work with people one-on-one -on -one, um, because I like to get to know you and you to me. I want you to trust the process and that you're seeing something different. I don't work like a lot of other um, coaches out there that just do an online training and then you're on your own. I feel it's fake and I feel like it doesn't stick. So in all my training, I work with people that I, you're accountable to doing the practices that I give you. And I work with you one-on-one -on -one and we progress through weeks of training like that. That's the way the work will stick. It's an integration. Mm. It's not just another mind game. It's not another book to read and flip and put on the shelf. I, you know, I guess I'm old fashioned, but I'd rather see, you know, a handful of people really transform their life than thousands that have books on their shelves. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I'm coming from. Oh, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, you mentioned the trip uh, to Egypt. Is this something that anybody who's interested can participate in? Is that something you yeah. do for the public? And do you do anything? Do you go anywhere else or strictly Egypt? Well, I didn't think I'd be going back to Egypt. This is probably <laughs> going to be my 13th trip. Wow. And so wow. I think, yeah, so I will be going and hosting the trip with my colleague, uh, Mary Lamondo, who's an astrologer, and she's an amazing Egyptologist. So we'll be leading this group. Anybody can come. They can go to my website, and the details are there. Um, so, yeah, it's pretty exciting. Um, there's going to be a lot of firsts for us. The Egyptian Museum of Antiquities is opening up this year, the brand new museum. Wow. So, so wow. many wonderful opportunities for lots of private times in the Great Pyramid at the Paws of the Sphinx. And, you know, to go into those places, I mean, they're just, uh, gosh, I'm the energy's pretty intense right now to even talk to you guys about it. But um, it's life changing. Yeah, I mean, one really? of the one of the things that you've you've mentioned in in your discussions and in, in some of the things you've written is that uh, meditating in the Great Pyramid is an experience like no other. How, I mean, you probably can't even put it in words, but how would you try? Well, for for me, having been twelve times, every single one is uniquely different. I remember one very profound lesson I learned 
while meditating there. There's a great big sarcophagus in the center of the pyramid of granite. And so we each take our turns laying in the center of, in, in the sarcophagus, and the group will stand around chanting Om. And the acoustics in the Great Pyramid with this is, it's really, it tra transports you, teleports you into dimensions that, again, it's, it's beyond really, I can't articulate it yeah. in a way that will get, will make a difference for you. So there I am, they're chanting away. And all of a sudden I had this vision of all these masters, these ascended masters that descended down this, it was a, a shimmering golden staircase. And they came down and they're in this procession. It was like, oh, wow, it, are you coming for my birthday? Wow, I feel like you're honoring me. It was so incredible. So they came down and they're lined up. And all of a sudden the line split and they said to me, we're the masters of the light. And the other line said, we're the masters of the dark. And they were identical. Mm. They said, and who do you follow? Mm. Oh, I said, masters of the light. But in that moment, it was like, not only was the great pyramid an initiation for me and a test, like who do you follow? Yeah. But it, it, it's a real sense of understanding the unseen world. You don't really, really know who you're dealing with because they can present themselves as an ascended master of the light when they're not an ascended master of the light. Right. Uh, Britt, do you have, do you have anything else you want to touch on? We've, we've exceeded an hour here uh, with Amira. She's very generous with her time, but do you want anything you want to touch on before we let her go? No, I'm good because the questions I have are probably going to take a whole nother show. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll save them for the next show. <laughs> Amira, where can, I know you've mentioned your website a few times. It's your name, right? AmiraHall.com. Uh, yes. I imagine there are links to the books there, but where else are they available? Yes. And I'm assuming, On Amazon. And I'm assuming that, that folks can find information about the, the trips, the tours, and the trainings also on the website. It's all very clear, hopefully, on my website. Yeah, amirahall.com. <laughs> the books are on Amazon. Yeah. Great. Well, you are, have been a terrific guest. Awesome. Love your energy. Love your stories. I mean, really fascinating. And again, I hope you agree to come back and we can pick this up where we left off. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. You're doing amazing work. Awesome. All right. Well, th well thank you again. Britt, I, 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 I'm, I'm surprised that you didn't have uh, – I know that if you were to ask more questions, we would have kept you here another hour because I saw your eyes well, lighting up quite frequently as Amira was speaking. Well, I, you know, I, 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 this whole religious thing is the Bible, the Quran, the – you know, just all this religious stuff. That's I, I kind of want to go down that road and – how does this all tie together? And I know that, that, that that's not an end of show quick question to ask yeah. or to go enter that rabbit hole. Yeah. So it's just better to, uh, we'll wait till she, we get her back on again. Yeah. But, uh, that was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. I, I, that was a crazy story. I mean, I she's, know. she's in a third world country. I mean, it's, it's Egypt, but it's still a third world country. She's having a medical episode or a spiritual episode that they think is a medical episode where they're beating her body up. And then they throw her in the front of a Datsun B210. They're trying to haul her ass <laughs> to a hospital and her head's flopping out the window like, a. you know, she's lucky she's here today. Yeah, no, it's an amazing story. I mean, that story alone could have been the whole show. 
and then some um, because that experience yeah. not only was it was it uh, a bit of an epiphany for her as she started to recognize uh, more seriously her, her her sensitivities and and what she how she could use them what she needed to do with them but just the whole the whole process and and with Egypt as the background unbelievable I mean yeah. um, you know she asked yeah. me if I, or asked us both if we've ever been and I truly truly have it at the top of my list as a place I want to visit before I can't travel anymore you know whatever day that is so um, I, I I definitely want to do that it is such a mystical place and for her her to have that experience there makes it all the more interesting and probably powerful i mean putting words in her mouth but yeah powerful and yeah. and, and by the yeah, way no, i echo the same. sentiments of several people in chat great guest really enjoyed listening to her and her story i echo echo those sentiments as well so um yeah we, we that was a great great yeah, discussion there, there was also there was also somebody said that uh she was hot <laughs> Yeah, I forget who that was. It was you're like, wow, this guest is hot <laughs> or something like that. Oh man. All right. I was like, God, I love our chat. I know. Uh, I'm glad she had a sense of humor. That was that was a nice thing. It's just she had a sense of humor and she rolled with the punches and you know, but I was, was a serious question. Are my guides screwing with me right before the show, every show? I can't keep having the same problems. And I'm just like, okay, it's, over it's, over it's the old dog ate my homework thing. Here we go. Yes, That's what I heard. Pretty much. That's what I heard. Yeah. You know what I heard? She said I was a deep thinker. Yeah. That's what I heard. <laughs> I heard that too. I'm, we'll have to bring that you up. You won't be clipping that out now, will you? <laughs> we'll have to bring that up next time she comes on the show. Wow. Um, I do want to, again, thank the folks who made contributions in our chat rooms. Uh, you oh, know, one, yeah. of the, one of the things that's really important for the show, obviously, since we took since we, we, we took the show off of the off the, uh, the with Westwood one, the syndicated radio part of the show because of their problems, not ours. Uh, you know, we, we don't have the same the advertising support that we used to have. So we look for contributions to help us, uh, you know, cover the expenses of what Thank we're doing you. here. It does. And, and, and then the thing that and, and we don't get to talk to them live, which always frustrates me. But we have. Um, about 12,000 podcast subscribers, or I don't know if they, they would be considered some crazy. subscribers, but each episode gets about 12,000 downloads. And uh, we don't generally get to talk to those folks in the live format that we get to talk to the folks who are in our chat room. But I want to thank everyone who does listen to the show as a podcast version of, of, a, of, a, of the program, because while you're not participating with us live, it, that is so important and it's such a great audience. And we get emails from a lot of those folks and we get guest suggestions and that kind of thing. And we get support as well. And thank you to everybody who, who chooses to listen in that regard too, because it is, it is an important, we don't think about it when we're doing the live show often. So I just wanted to make a point of thanking those folks as well. Yeah, I, I second that. Thank you so much. And you know, and if you take the time to do a super chat or a a gold pills and foxhole, put a question in there, and we will, you know, like if you want to, if you want the question to, if, I mean, we try to follow chat, but it's hard. But when it a super difficult. chat rolls through, yeah. it's, it's it's easy to see because it's big and colorful. You know, so if there's a question you want, that helps. Colorful. Didn't we talk Col about this? Colorful. Colorful, color, <laughs> colorful. Um, colorful. By the way, I, I have to make it. I have to make a correction here. Uh, somebody in the chat room was talking about mermaids. Um, I don't remember why, but they oh. did. And I said in a couple of weeks we we have a, a mermaid coming on the program. It's actually next week. It's Tuesday. Next Tuesday, we Ooh. have we have a mermaid coming on the program. Um, I've interviewed her before. Like L El Swan is her name, and uh, she's a lot of fun. And uh, her story is really interesting as well. So that'll be next Tuesday's program, by the way. Oh, I can't wait. That'll be amazing. Yeah. And fun. That'll be a great discussion. Yeah. Uh, do we want to do a couple trivia questions to end the program tonight? I mean, people, folks like the trivia. You, we, we like to see well, how much that, 
Brit doesn't know. What's true? And that and you said something you want to ask me something about oh, the grill. Oh, yeah, I want to ask you. The, you were talking about this grill, okay? You said you, you feed the yes. stuff in, it automatically does this, that, and the other thing. Yeah. You close the thing, it cooks the food, you open it up. and That's not grilling. Grilling is taking an active role in preparing the food mm, no. on the flame. No. That's grilling. No. What you're doing is no. some kind of microwave stuff. I mean, it's not microwave, no, but it's same no, thing. It's, closing the thing, pushing the button, walking wood. away. No, I know it is, but it's still closing the thing, yeah. pushing the button, walking away, come back, and the food's done. That's not yeah, the same. That? That's not the same. You can call it what you want, but it's not sure grilling. It I'm just cutting. I'm just cutting out the journey. <laughs> the journey. Yeah, I'm you going are. from the beginning. And isn't grilling I'm the journey. The isn't that the point? Mm, no. No. Um, the, the 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 point is good food at the end. Ah. Uh, Oh, but no, well. I, you're, you're no, you're totally right. So, so the, there are people, and I used to do this when I had time in my twenties, where the, uh, part of the smoking and the cooking, it was the journey of tending to the coals, getting them just right, making yeah, sure they stay, right. flipping the food at the right time. That's the journey to get to the end. But when you all of a sudden got kids and soccer practice or lacrosse okay. practice and the jobs that are, you know, you life gets busy. Yeah. This particular, but you still want good home cooked food. The beauty about this grill is that that the journey in between it kind of handles for you, which is like you still have to prep the food. You still have to, mm -hmm. you know, you still have to put the dry rubs on or what? What you still have to fillet. Don't, you still don't have say to, it. I got my finger you know, on the you, button. You, don't say it. You were almost yeah, there. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was. Um, you know, you still have to. You know, like like today. Today I cooked uh, 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 russet potatoes and sweet potatoes with vegetables. But I had to put the potatoes, I had to put the sweet potato in first because it was huge. And then I had to wait 15 minutes and I had to put the russet potato in and wait for like 28, 30 minutes and then put the vegetables in for their. So you, there's still some stuff you have to do, but that tending to the fire and constantly flipping and being stuck over it the whole time, you don't have to do, which is, which is nice when you're doing like, we're going to smoke a brisket on mm -hmm. Sunday. Mm -hmm. That's a 12 hour smoke. Mm -hmm. I don't have to, I don't have to tend the fire for 12 hours. Mm -hmm. The pellets do it. I get it prepped, I put it in, I hit go, I hit super smoke, activate, and then 12 hours I come back and it's done. Okay. It has a probe right. that goes into the meat. It has an I app bet. that goes to the phone. It's on Wi-Fi. Oh my God. This is no, no. And it's okay, amazing. Stop, 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 yeah, stop. It's amazing. It gives me little dings. So like, look, so like right now, someone asked about how the beef jerky was I made last week. I made beef jerky for the first time ever in my life. Mm -hmm. And everybody in the house, I made like a pound and a half. And between three people, we ate it all in one night. It was that good. Well, great. So uh, when we get done with the show right now, mm -hmm. I'm going to go into the kitchen. I'm going to lay out a meat that I've been marinating since yesterday mm -hmm. on the sheet. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go fire the grill up. Mm -hmm. I'm going to put hey. it in the grill. And tomorrow morning when I wake up, I'll have beef jerky. As long as the house doesn't burn down, you will. Overnight. I wouldn't trust that like that. No, it's outside. It's outside. Well, it's, it's outside. outside or out, not. It can it can tip yeah. over and catch the grass on fire, and that can do a trail right to the house, and the house goes up. Be careful what you're doing there, unattended. What are you on? You're on crack. <laughs> is that why California is constantly having these fires? Because these people with these grills not attending them? I'm, I'm curious now. Maybe. I'm curious now. All Maybe. right. Let's Could do very much that. Let's or do homeless encampments. Let's do a couple of trivia questions to end the <laughs> night. By the way, great conversation going on in the Foxhole chat earlier. Uh, we had um, uh, another show host, One Foot N5D, and I'm sure N5D stands for something that I'm not familiar with, uh, was in the uh, was in the chat room. She has a program that I'm going to check out about aliens and stuff, So and it's on Foxhole, so we'll be checking that out. All right. Uh, trivia. Oh, really? Yeah, trivia. Is that new? Did, 
Did we start a trend on Fox? I'm with not sure. Shows? I don't know how long. Or was that, he there before? I don't know. I, I haven't. I haven't done enough research yet. Uh, but we, but I'll know. Oh, I'll know. I'll know uh, by the next show. All right. Here we go. Uh, first trivia question. <laughs> Ready? Ready, Britt? Put on your thinking cap, Mister Deep Thinker. Uh, what is someone? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> what? What is someone with globophobia afraid of? What is someone with glo- globa or globophobia afraid of? Uh, they are, if it's globophobia, and they're afraid of Ooh. spinning the globe because when they were in school, when they were younger, they probably had a, a tragic accident where their finger got stuck in, in the, the thing glo- that comes in, over and holds it. In the globe holder, yeah. In the globe holder, and so they are globophobic. Okay, Um uh, we'll see if anybody agrees with you on that that particular answer. Afraid of blood? Afraid of globes? Um, uh, one Foot has been on Foxhole for a long time. Uh, Awakened Down Under is telling us. So that program's been here a while. Afraid of blood? Is, that on, are you, is your chat working on Foxhole? Because it's not working for me. Yeah, it's working. Mm-hmm. Afraid of blood a, clots? I haven't had a single chat. Afraid of blood clots? Yeah, sometimes you have to refresh it. Foxhole does that every once in a while. All right. The question was, what is someone with globophobia afraid of? And the answer to the question is... <laughs> Wait a minute. Did somebody say this? I almost think I saw this and didn't realize it was an attempted answering. I don't see it now, though. Okay, so everyone was wrong. The answer is balloons. A globophobic person would not fare well at a children's birthday party because they're afraid of balloons, Brit. Afraid of balloons. Uh, globophobic is apparently balloons are <laughs> balloons are so peaceful and pretty and non-threatening, and they normally signal happiness or death. One of the two. <laughs> happiness or happiness. death. Death. You have balloons at funerals in California. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So how about, the, a, cl- how about, a, how about a creepy ass clown with some balloons? That's just that's just really creepy, right? That's scary. Well, but you'd be more afraid. But you'd be more afraid of the clown than the balloon. Yeah, but the balloon, but the adding to the creepy factor is the clown holding the balloons, right? That adds to that creepy mm. factor. All right, let's move on to the next question. Let's move on. Uh, okay. The oldest known pumpkin seeds in the world were found in Mexico. How old were they? The, pumpkin seeds? Yes, the oldest known pumpkin seeds in the world were found in Mexico. How old were they? That would be... They were found by the Mayans when they were digging the the trenches for their pyramids and they're setting the foundations. Mm-hmm. And then they buried uh, food. Down. There was, there was this guy who was eating pumpkin and he just threw the seeds aside. Mm. And that's how they found them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to go with 10,412 years old. 10,412 years old. Chat room says 12,000, 12,000. 110 years, a million years old, 700 years old, 7,000 years old, 300 AD, 1,400 years, 100 years. Wow. Two, three, 300 years. Lots of answers there. Question again. 500 years. The oldest known pumpkin seeds in the world were found in Mexico. How old were they? Britt made up some weird story about a guy eating pumpkin as though it was watermelon. I didn't think anybody did that, but maybe this guy did and threw the seeds on the side. Well, <laughs> back then they ate weird stuff. Okay. You know, right. he's built in the pyramid. He's, he's uh, you know, a, a uh-huh. mound, a, a yeah. sacrificing mound. And just mound. grabbed the pumpkin and started gnawing uh, away at it. Yeah. Just started eating it. Yeah, because yeah. it was his last meal. Probably. Oh, last meal even. All right. Are you thinking of like uh, yeah. Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom? I mean, where they take the 
the, pull the guy's heart out? Is that what you're thinking? Is that the yeah, image in your head? Yeah, okay, it's got something, it. Something uh, like that. The seeds dated between 7,000 and 5,500 BC. So that would put us at about 9,000 years, plus or minus. Um, while the jury is still... I was close. Yeah, you were. You were. You were very close. While the jury is still out on where exactly pumpkins originated, some say the area around Buenos Aires, uh, Argentina, is where they started. Today, they're grown on every continent except Antarctica. So there you go. There you go. Wow. Learn something, See what right? you learn on the show? Yep. Good stuff. Useless shit every evening. Now, Scooter says we need to do three, so I'm going to do one more question just to keep him happy. Uh, oh, you know, Scooter. Scooter is such high maintenance. I know. I know. How did he get so high maintenance? <laughs> I don't know. And wait a second. Why do you why do you pamper him with a little baby powder on his butt, but you abuse the shit out of me? You want some baby why powder? Why is he so butt? special? <laughs> well, I mean, you you treat him with kid gloves. Oh man. And now we you gotta... throw me to the wolves. I don't I don't understand what you why do you and Scooter have something going on that I don't know about? What is up with Scooter's that? been a longtime uh, moderator of my of my channel. So uh, he asked for mm. three questions. I'll give him the third. If you would ask for a third, I would have given one to you, you Britt. I think you read. I think you read that wrong. He wants a threesome, not three. Oh questions. my god! Of course. Uh, where in the world can you find the Museum of Vampires and Legendary Creatures? Where in the world can you find the Museum of Vampires and Legendary Creatures? Where is that? Mm, are they? Is it like they're asking for a city or? A country I don't know. Or I'm not going to peek at the answer. Street address. I'm not. I'm assuming it's going to be a, a city, but if it's Transylvania, then that would be a, a region in a country. So and not a city. A region. Yeah. Um, so I'm not I, sure. I, I'm thinking Romania. That'd be Transylvania. Or, yep. Yeah, oh, is that Transylvania? Well, yeah, Ro- that Transylvania's area in Romania. Dracula's I think. Or is it Hungary? I think it's Romania. Is it? I think it's Romania. Mm. I think it's that area where Dracula's castle supposedly is yeah. or some shit like that. Yes. Or, or or it's Ripley's Believe It or Not on Hollywood Boulevard. Right. Could, be the, could be in Orlando, Florida, right? <laughs> uh, let's see. We yeah, have exactly. Romania. We've got Transylvania. We've got several, a lot of people saying Transylvania. Canada. Ooh, some say New Orleans. If uh, Amira was still here, she could tell us it was Canada. Um, Las Vegas, oh, Europe, Sheboygan, <laughs> Romania, New Orleans, <laughs> London, <laughs> Seattle, uh, either New Orleans or Transylvania, Austria, Cleveland, Uranus, <laughs> Uranus, ha ha ha. Okay, again, the question is: oh, Where oh, in the oh. world can you find the Museum of Vampires and Legendary Creatures? I like in New Orleans. And our answer is none of like the above. None of the what? above. It's none of those places. Uh, Wait, is it is it in like Davy, North Dakota, or no, something? No, no, no. Some uh, weird city. No, the the folks that said Europe are right. It's just not specific enough. It is in Europe, uh, but it is not in. Uh, it's not in London. Not in uh, Romania. It's not in where's other European. It's not in, it in Italy, Wales? Scotland. It's in Scotland. No, it's actually in Paris, France. The museum, opened by wow. scholar and collector Jacques Sergen. Uh, includes a vampire killing kit, antique books, and many other macabre curiosities. Paris, France. Oh, I've been to the catacombs in Paris. What an experience that is! That is a really cool. Did you take tour? Did you take a bone as a souvenir? No, I did not take a bone as a souvenir. No. <laughs> I wonder if that's kind of like when you take a piece of uh, a volcano from Hawaii and then you have all the bad luck. Oh, that was a Brady Bunch episode that you saw, and it wasn't a piece of. Where do you think? I, where do you? Where do you think I learned the the, the tradition from? Yeah, the Brady Bunch. 
Oh man. Yeah, it was a tiki. It was a it was yeah, a haunted it was tiki, old, yeah, but, the, old, but the, that's right. You had necklace. Tiki. Yeah. But I wonder but but the but the tradition is there's there's a certain stone on Hawaii. And I thought it was uh, volcanic rock that if you take it as a souvenir, it brings you bad luck until you return it. Yeah, probably. But I wonder if you take a bone from the catacombs. Do you want to go to Hawaii? Are you are you one of these folks that really wants to go to Hawaii? Because I'm not. And people often say, Oh, I'd love to go to Hawaii. I just don't see I don't know. I'm not a beach goer. I'm, I don't like hot weather was, all the time. I, I just Hawaii just doesn't do it for me. To be in a plane that long, yeah, not not. I was in Hawaii for two and a half weeks with ghost hunters. Oh, that's right, you were that there, yeah, Hawaii, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, when we had the tsunami, when they had the big earthquake that yeah. got Fukushima and all that stuff. Um, uh, you know, it's a beautiful place. You know, vacation once in your life, yeah. But I, is you know, once you live there, it's just. What did what did the what did the uh, the sheriff say in Jaws? It's 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 not an island when you live on it. You know, it's kind of it's because he's afraid of boats. Right. Once you're on the island, it's no big deal. Hey, you know, it's just another city. It's just another you know, it's beautiful countryside. It has yeah, it's gorgeous. City. It I has don't get me wrong. I mean, I you know yeah. what what I've seen of, of pictures, it looks beautiful. But it, you know, I don't know. I just not. But for the price for that everything was nah, it's not to right. me. It's not. I mean, if I was gonna go I, like, I if I was to gonna go, go like to Australia or something, I would stop in Hawaii for a few days to do that. But yeah, I wouldn't make would it. Make I wouldn't make it a primary destination. I just wouldn't. No. Yeah, no, I do. Lala, la, la, yeah, I, I do no go to Florida. I do go to Florida a lot. A lot. I, I have. I had a condo there. I don't have it anymore. Uh, yeah, I've spent a lot of time in Florida, but it's not. I don't go to the beach in Florida. I used to go to Disney all the time. I don't do that anymore either. But um, yeah, but I sold the condo because once once I'm done with the Disney thing, my kids are older. I they, they're not interested. Well, they are actually, but I'm just not going to pay for them to go anymore like, like I used to. Yeah. Uh, so I don't need that condo anymore. I'm not there anymore. So yeah, all right. Well, I think so I it's think, it's Samo. Yeah, it's Samo and Foxhole said he lived in Hawaii for a while. He said he loved it. I'm sure. I'm sure start, it's a so. beautiful place I mean, to live. Absolutely. It is. You know, and what's funny, when we were there on Ghost Hunters, we, you know, we hooked up with the locals because we were there for so long. And then one of the uh, local ghost tour guys took us in his tour van. And we went to like the east side, the east coast of Hawaii, where the locals go and where it wasn't crowded and touristy. It was really, it, that was really cool because it was a trip because he pulled into this parking lot. And we're walking through this forest, like the Sherwood Forest. It was <laughs> trees, big tall trees. And the then we, Sherwood this, forest. we, you know, the show from Robin Hood. Yeah, I know exactly you know what you're talking about. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Okay, but that's what it, that's what it reminded me of. And then you literally, as you're walking the trail, and then boom, it's a line of trees, like straight, and you're in sand, and then the ocean. Hmm. And it was amazing. And then we were like, there's only like 60 of us in this big, long, couple miles stretch of beach. It was amazingly cool. But you turn around, and look, and it's just a, a wall of forest. Mm-hmm. Um. So I, I guess there are some really amazing places yeah, to go there. And, again, and, again, I, but, it's absolutely gorgeous. And uh, I just don't know that I would be on a plane for what? I mean, for me, coming from New York, it would be, you know, what? Uh, it was like 18 hours or something like that to get there. I'm not so sure yeah. I I would do that. Um, but, to go to the, but to go to the tourist areas, there's Starbucks, McDonald's. I mean, it's like, okay, I, I could do this any tourist place, USA. Right, right. Well, on that note, I think we're going to call it a night. Thank you to everyone for being here. And again, thank you to our guest. Uh, again, AmiraHall.com. You want more information about her work. It's a lot of great work. Her books are there. And you'll find out more about her training opportunities, her tours, her trips to Egypt, and everything else she's got going on. AmiraHall.com. Uh, are you set? You ready to close it out? 
Uh, the answer to Doug is no. I never went there. You never. Um, yeah, I'm good. Uh, good. What is Doug asking? I got. I don't dare him. If I, I don't I dare to... uh, just leave that alone until I know what's going on. Uh, he asked if I went to the abandoned resort where Elvis filmed Blue Hawaii. Oh, the okay. Is, no, I didn't. By the way, uh, as a big Elvis fan, I'm seeing really tremendous uh, reviews on this new Elvis biopic that's coming out. In fact, it just premiered in, in the, at the Cannes Film Festival, and it was they gave it a 12-minute standing ovation. It, yeah, crazy, huh? I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Yeah, are you? I like those kind of movies. Yeah, oh, yeah, I like those kind of movies. Like, yeah, yeah I love the Queen one. I love the, 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 the Bee Gees one. I love... You know, the Elton John one. Yeah, I yeah. like all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Are you talking about the Bee Gees um, one that, that was on uh, on HBO Max? Um, can't remember what it was yeah. called, but that was a really good Bee Gees uh, yeah. documentary. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. All right, guys. There's been quite a few of them lately. Yeah. Did so you I, see the Eagles one? Yes. The Eagles was another great one. That was an excellent one. That It's a really long. I've, it's yeah. not on any. I even found it. It's, it's not like on HBO or anything right now, but when it was on, I watched it like five times. It's really, really good. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. All right. <laughs> On that note. All right. Goodbye. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. <laughs>